Thank you for tuning into another episode of She Laughs, a podcast dedicated to bringing you honest and transparent viewpoints in this daily faith journey. Now join with me as we listen to T and Crystal discuss the latest. Hey everybody, it's your girl Crystal. Hey everybody, it's Tanisha. And welcome to another episode of She Laughs. Yes. We're glad to have you back. This week we have another special guest and we're going to allow her to introduce herself. Hey y'all, my name is Jatim McKinney. I am so excited to be on the podcast today with my girls Crystal and Crystal and Tanisha. So um is that all that I need to introduce about myself? I mean <laughs> is, that- <laughs> is that all you want to say? I mean, I can I'm sure I'll say more <laughs> as we continue in my- Should I talk about myself? But that might take a long time. So yeah. we'll continue. <laughs> I'm a wife, I'm a mom, I'm a friend, a sister, a Jesus lover, you know, hey. um, but yeah, I'm excited to be here. Good. Yes, <laughs> we're excited to have you. Excited, excited. So as always, guys, you know, checking in. So what's, what's, how's everyone doing right now? Mentally, spiritually, physically, what, what's going on with people? You want to go first, Jatim, since you're our guest? Oh, thanks so, so much. Uh, What's going on? How am I this week? You know, I'm a teacher, so I just got out of spring break. That was beautiful for me because this transition from going from um, brick and mortar schoolhouse and teaching in the classroom and virtual teaching has been a real, it's been a little difficult for me. So um, we kind of got, had to become online teachers in like 48 hours and figure it all out. And so I teach live twice a week. And anyway, all the hoopla of that was a little stressful. So coming off of spring break this past week has been great for me. I feel rested and relaxed and like I can jump right back on in this thing. So um, um, so it's been a good start to my week so far. So um, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm optimistic about how things are going to go this week. I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. Good, good, good. Oh, thanks. You trying to throw me on the spot? Okay, I'll go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, last week was another hard week. Um, the weekend it started to get better. Um, and today has been a pretty uh, peaceful day. Um, mind wise, it's always peaceful because if you're in a house by yourself, it's gonna be peaceful. But <laughs> in my mind, um, it's a peaceful day. So. Um, just praying that it lasts throughout the week. And even if it doesn't, um, give myself grace for the bad moments that I'll have. Um, but I've just determined this week that I'm not going to allow myself to have a full bad day. I just can't do that. Um, even though it's understandable to have those moments, I know just for my sake, it's harder if I let it go throughout the whole day to try to determine to, pick another decision for the next day if you get what I'm saying mm-hmm. so um I have just said I I have to cut it short yeah and try to cut it a lot shorter um when those moments happen but so far good day nice um well I'll say this for me the weekend was bad it was a little bit stressful we had um a family scare uh, thought that my little brother, they had to test him to make sure that he did not have coronavirus. Um, mm. And so it was interesting, like with the whole hospital and nobody being able to get to him. So what I took joy in is like all of my siblings and I and my dad and my mom stepped up to the plate. We were FaceTiming him, just trying to brighten his day. And I uh, came across the, uh, a post and I was like, Lord, this is the time that I really understand this. And this is what I have to do daily is it says fear is a choice. So is faith. And I had to realize that I had to literally choose it every day. I couldn't rely on faith in past instances. Like I literally had to choose it for the mm-hmm. day um, and sometimes moment to moment. And so I found myself journaling more um, and writing down thoughts or uh, suggestions that the enemy wanted to put in my mind or in my heart and casting them down. And sometimes we read that scripture, but we don't really practice it. And it's interesting because I started doing it at the beginning of the year and then I stopped. 
And this weekend, I realized there was no choice. Um, so now I'm good. But this is learning to that this is a daily practice now. Um, yeah. It, it just is. So that's kind of where I'm at. And it's fine. <laughs> it's, it's okay. Uh, giving myself grace for that as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, so, guys, quote. Mm-hmm. Quotables. T, mm-hmm. you got one for today? I do not have a quotable for today. Ah. Yeah, I didn't really see anything. Um, I didn't see anything that was quite interesting um, online. Uh, by the time everybody hears this, Easter would have passed. But at this moment, Easter just came yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, there wasn't anything that necessarily stood out. Um, I loved seeing a lot more, um, a lot more people paying attention to the importance of the weekend, being Resurrection Weekend. Mm -hmm. I love seeing that, even Mm -hmm. from Good Friday on down. I've seen a lot of people really understanding what it is and what it means, and embracing it really. Um, I know people normally every year they'll throw something up on that Sunday, something cute. But I saw a lot of people really dissecting and embracing what the entire weekend means. Yeah. Yes. So I loved seeing that, but nothing that necessarily stood um, out to me that I could have as a quotable. Nice, nice. But I, I love that. Uh, to Tim, I know you probably don't have a quotable, but what about you? Did you see anything this weekend or? was impressed or inspired by anything this weekend? Um, well, actually, it has to do with Resurrection Sunday. As you said, Tanisha, it was just yesterday when, as we're recording this. Um, but um, it popped up on my... Heather Lindsay, I'm sure a lot of people know who she is. It, it popped up on my timeline, the quote, it is finished, and it may sound simple. Um, but of course, we know that's one of the last quotes that Jesus spoke when he was on the cross. He said, it is right. finished. And in Greek, the term finished is actually an accounting term and it actually means paid in full. So what he was saying was not just it is finished, but it is paid in full. The debt that like we all owed because of our own sin before Christ and everybody after Christ, like everything is paid in full. Like we are debt free. Um, and so it was crazy. To, it just was cool to me. The fact that that finished is really an accounting term, like it's monetary. Um, and that it meant that. And so Jesus just eliminated the debt for all of mankind for us. And it really kind of just made me think and just have another level of being thankful to Christ. Um, so I don't have to live in this place. It just reminds me because sometimes I can be quick to get stuck in condemnation. Um, that's yeah. a struggle for me. Um, and so it was just a good reminder that I don't have to be stuck in that place. Like, you know, Jesus paid it all for me. Um, and so it just became a little personal. It was a good reminder. Not like I didn't know it, but it was a good reminder to see and to read. And um, so, yeah, that was great. Good. I'm excited that you are happy that you said that because I did not know that that word was an accounting term. And it gives a whole different meaning and meaning to it is finished because a lot of times we just think, oh, okay, it's over. But to say, I mean, right now, if you think about it in the country, everybody is wanting the student loans to be completely covered. Right. To stay like the government and economy again and the amount of relief that that would bring to so many people and to have it as an accounting term of it is paid in full. Mm-hmm. The of relief that comes from that yeah. is just amazing so just i mean the bible says the wages of sin is death we say that all the time but i mean wages is a monetary term itself we get paid wages on the job the wages of our sin is death but he paid it all so uh yeah yeah it's just really good so sorry i didn't mean to interrupt (laughs) no you're fine you're fine uh well i actually did have a quotable um i literally just saw it today And it comes from Pastor YPJ, and I don't know if any of y'all follow him, um, but he comes with some good quotes. And uh, this week, I just was like, oh, wow, that's a word. And some of us don't really think about it that way. And he says, a personal desire is not a prophetic unction. Paranoia is not discernment. And ambitious thoughts are not the will of God. 
That mm-hmm. well, that most definitely will preach by itself. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, uh, yes, uh, I think all of us, including myself, needed to remember this because sometimes when you are a Christian and you're really learning about the gifts or understanding your own gifts, sometimes you tend to think that everything that you hear or feel or think comes from God, and it's really not. And sometimes we have to really check our own heart posture uh, to figure out, is it him, the enemy, or myself? Right. Um, And are we really walking close enough to him to really discern a thing? And it was just a friendly reminder for me to always go back and ask the father, um, what is he always trying to say instead of trying to push my own agenda or my own will, even if I unwillingly try mm-hmm. to do it. Cause a lot of times we do it and we don't know that we're doing it. We, we feel like we're in the right and we're not. Mm-hmm. So, um, I thought that was good, um, for today. Yeah. That's good, Crystal. So, uh, so yeah. Tim. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Glad to have you on, of course. We had you on because we wanted to talk to you about some things. So, T, what are we discussing with Miss Jatem McKinney today? We're discussing a lot, but a lot of it revolves around motherhood. Oh, yeah. Yes. Being a mommy. Yeah. Being a mommy. It's hard work. But, you know, <laughs> the Lord he graces us for it. But it's mommy motherhood. I, it's people always say it's kind of funny. Like it's the hardest hood that you'll go through, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's true. But yeah, but I'm excited to talk to you guys um, about that today. Yes. Yes. So I know to Tim that you are a new yeah. mom. I think Avery is at this time, just a year old. Mm-hmm. Right? She's 16 months old. Yep. And I love, I love that little girl in our, but <laughs> I know it can be a lot. So what I want to start off first by saying, like, what were some of your pre-mom ideologies right. that you had, that you just thought, Hey, this is how it's going to go. And then afterwards she was like, yeah, nah, that's not, that's, that's girl, not it. <laughs> let me tell you so real. So growing up, I always loved kids. And when I was in college, I started nannying. Um, and then when I came back to Atlanta, I also was nannying. I did special education. Uh, I worked with children with special needs because my degree was in special education. So needless to say, like I was always around kids. I felt like when the time comes for me to be a mom, like I'm going to have this in the bag because this is what I do. Like I'm a teacher now, you know? So I just felt like, Hey, I know what to do with kids. I work with people's kids every day from newborns all the way up. And so I just felt really confident in the fact that I was going to be this great mom. Um, And then of course, you know, you think, you know, it's going to, you'll do all this wonderful, great stuff. You're not going to allow your kids to have any screen time. Right. And you're going to like have the little baby food maker and make all these organic meals and all this great stuff that you think that you're going to do in your mind. And not saying that it's not possible, um, but, you know, you think you're going to do all these incredible things before you have the kid. And girl, when the kid comes, all of that stuff (laughs) goes out of the window. I mean, I still try to set limits on Avery's screen time, but sometimes mommy needs a moment. And Avery went, will have the iPad and you feel all of the mom guilt, but like, it's just for sanity's sake. Um, Avery doesn't eat everything organic. I try my best, but it just doesn't happen. And I have had my share of moments where I probably have not been the greatest mom. Um, and the transition into motherhood was really difficult for me. I think that as a, especially as an American society, um, we romanticize the idea of motherhood. And we watch movies and we talk to other people who uh, may not necessarily share the hardships that come with motherhood. And it's all beautiful. Like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to have a little mini me or I'm going to have a little baby boy. I'm just going to be so in love and all of these great things. And that's true. You, I am so in love with Avery. It's a whole nother level of love that I've never known before. But at the same time, there are so many different difficulties and hardships that come along with it. And um. So the transition from motherhood was really difficult for me. And I had postpartum depression, um, which I didn't even believe was a real thing until I got it. 
I know um, I was talking to a friend, Tiffany, once uh, a few weeks ago. And we were both saying coming into motherhood, we've had to apologize to our friends who are mothers before us because we just didn't understand how hard it was. Um, so um, it's been a difficult journey, but it's been a beautiful one. I feel like now I'm at the at the place in motherhood where I'm kind of like, OK, I'm getting the hang of this thing. Like, you know, I'm I'm grooving now. I'm grooving, you know, <laughs> but the beginning was really, really difficult. And I think that was the biggest shock to me. Just the fact that despite the fact that I've watched people's kids for years and I'm, I'm familiar, like I know what to do with children, that having your own baby was so much more different and more difficult than I ever thought. So that was the biggest shock to me um, and to my system. So. What do you, why do you think um, there was a big difference since, you know, you, you helped and assist in raising people's children to a, to a certain extent? Why do you think there was such a big difference between doing that and then actually having your own child? Well, for sure. Number one, um, after eight, 10 hours, you know, you leave the other children and their parents are left to deal with them. But motherhood, you don't get that option. It's 24 seven, you know, and then especially sleepless nights, y'all, this number one, Avery was not an easy baby as well. Um, and the sleepless nights, that was a shock to my system. I love sleep. I don't know about y'all, but I love sleep. Beautiful. Yes, yes. I like to take naps. I like to sleep in yep. on the weekends. I like to. Yes. Uh, I just love sleep. And since, yeah. <laughs> since like the last couple weeks of pregnancy, I have not slept in or had like consistent sleep since she's been born or since, like I said, the final weeks of pregnancy. Um, and so, number one, that was very difficult for me. And just, um, being responsible for this little life, that was really intimidating to me. Um, I was responsible for other people's children, but not on the same level. Like there was this tiny human life that I was responsible for and every decision that I made was going to affect this little human. And that was really intimidating for me. Um, and just, I think the the guilt that I felt, so backstory, um, it took us five years to conceive. So it took a long time for me to get pregnant. We got pregnant three times before we had Avery and lost all those pregnancies. And I ended up having to do IVF to get pregnant to have Avery. Um, and so I think I felt very, very guilty on the fact that it was so difficult. Like I longed and I wanted this child so bad and she finally got here and then it was hard. And so I wanted to be thankful because I'm like, God, I prayed for these days. Like, I prayed that you would send this child to me. And now I have this child. And while I'm so thankful, God is still really hard. And that was that was a big guilt trip for me because I just wanted to just be so thankful to God that I had her, which I was. But that also came with the feelings of guilt that I was having a hard time and it was difficult for me. Um, and like I said, she was a hard baby. She had a tongue tie, a lip tie. We tried breastfeeding. Breastfeeding, yo, let me tell you. They they, they broke <laughs> They romanticize breastfeeding too. Like, it's just so beautiful. You're going to be in the hospital. Your baby's going to latch to your breast. It's going to be beautiful. You guys are going to connect and bond. Girl, I remember like the second day that we came home from the hospital, I was like crying upstairs in the room. And I was like, John, just go buy a box of formula. Just go buy it. I'm sick of this. I can't do this. And I was just like crying every day. It was so hard. We had to go, I had to go see a lactation consultant so that we could get it to work. And now I'm at the point she's 16 months and still nursing. I'm trying to figure out how to win. But, <laughs> um, but I'm thankful because it took us a long time to even get to that point. Um, but it's just, it's, it's, it's so different. And I think um, a lot of people think that, man, I'm just really great with kids and my kid is going to be this great kid. And some babies are just hard babies. Some babies cry a lot. And Avery cried a lot. There were many days where uh, I would read articles and they were like, you can leave if the baby is crying and you get overwhelmed, just walk out of the room and come back. And y'all, I hate to say it, but there have been times when she was a tiny baby where she just cried and I laid her in the bassinet and I just had to walk away and she just screamed. And I walked away for like 15 minutes and came back and I was prepared. But, you know, it's just a little difficult. Not a little difficult. It is difficult. But it's so worth it. I don't want to shine this horrible light on motherhood. I just think that there needs to be more conversations as well for mothers to understand the difficulties that come with it. Because that's when a lot of women, at least women that I speak to, fall into postpartum depression. Because it is so hard and you didn't expect 
the um, trials that come along with new motherhood. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. Hmm. So, <clears throat> how did dealing with that postpartum? Lord, well, I, I know what you mean. That's a bad word. But how did it affect your like your marriage, and how did it affect your view on motherhood? Um. So my marriage first. Um. It was. I think neither me nor my husband understood and knew what postpartum was. Um, we had people who had said they had postpartum, but you don't really get so involved in, we weren't so involved into their life to where we saw it on a firsthand basis. Um, and I had heard of it, but it was still a foreign concept to me until I experienced it. And I believe that my, my husband, of course, didn't understand it. So he tried his best to be there for me, but he still didn't understand the dark place where I was and the bad thoughts that I was having. Now, he knew that I was crying every day. I literally cried every single day until Avery was like 10 or 11 weeks old. Because I remember like getting to the end of one day and, and saying to myself, I didn't cry today. Um, But I think mm-hmm. that he just, he, he did his best, but he was working full time too. So oftentimes it was just me and the baby in the house by ourselves. He had just started a new position at a new job. Um, so he wasn't around much. And like I said, he did his best, but he really didn't understand. So that definitely there was it was a few months into Avery's life. I had to forgive him. I actually like had to have some time with the Lord and just make a decision to forgive him because it actually built resentment towards him mm-hmm. um, because I felt like he wasn't there for me like I needed him to be. Um, but he didn't really understand. And like I said, there were so many circumstances. He was working a lot, um, but I had to come to a place where I had to forgive him because I I held resentment and bitterness in my heart because I felt like he didn't he wasn't there for me like he needed to be. But like I said, he had no idea how to. He did his best. Um, so and but at the same time, it was my responsibility to communicate that, too. So now I have become like the master pro. OK. communicated and yeah like hey I need help hey I'm a little stressed out and so now he knows like he's really really good at it like hey I'm gonna get Avery I'm gonna help her out I'm gonna do this I'm gonna go give her a bath I'm gonna do you know he's he's making sure that when he recognizes that I'm stressed or whatever is going on that he's um compensating and helping so um that's good how did it um affect my view on motherhood I all the props in the world to every mom, stay-at-home mom, working mom, and especially single moms. I have no idea at all how they make it happen. It's got to be the grace of the Lord Jesus because <laughs> it, I mean, it's like I don't know. And like I said, I had to go back to friends and apologize. Like one of my best friends, Quasha, she was a single mom when we were in college, and I had no idea, man. Like it was rough. And they say that, you know, single moms say that it's rough, but I, I really believe that it's the grace of the Lord that helps them to get through, despite it being extremely difficult still. Um, but it just made me respect my own mother and have um and other mothers and have so much more grace. Um even like in the I know before, you know how you go to the grocery store and the kid be in the in the buggy screaming or something like that, and you'd be like, That kid needs a whooping right now. <laughs> showing out let me tell you I have so much more grace now because Avery could be that kid okay because she's at this age of tantrums or whatever and just the other day at Target she wanted to hold the bottle of lotion as we were checking out and I had to pay for it and so I literally like when we got up there I asked the cashier I said could you please just scan it from her hand so she doesn't have a fit like I just don't want to deal with it so like I get it there's so much more respect and so much more grace for mamas out there because it's real in these streets okay (laughs) (laughs) so yeah (laughs) oh my goodness right so um would you say um during that stage of postpartum um is it over have you overcame it um and if so how did that happen and if not how are you dealing with it now yeah so I definitely believe like I've overcome the hump. Let me tell you, it was a support group that I went to. So I was in the house every day. It was just me and Avery, a little tiny baby. And like I said, she was a a hard baby. So um, I have, I was pregnant with some friends, but when you have a newborn baby, like you're not answering the phone and talking all the time, you're really just trying to sleep and survive. 
Um, so I remember, but I, I remember recognizing that there was a problem. And I went to go see a lactation consultant when Avery was maybe like four or five weeks old. And the lactation consultant, I think she could tell. She didn't say it to me, but I think she could tell that I was on the struggle bus. So she referred, she referred me to, um, there, there's only one birth center in Atlanta. It's called the Atlanta birth center. And they do like this postpartum mommy support group. And she recommended it to me that I go. And she's like, they meet every Tuesday at 10 o'clock in the morning and just go. And it'd be really great. And so, um, me and John had just met another couple who had a baby three weeks before me. And so I had kind of built relationship with this other new mom. And I was like, hey, girl, let's go to this support group together. And we were both struggling. Number one, her friendship was amazing because everything that I said, she said, I was like, I don't know why the baby crying. And he, she cried all night long. And she was like, girl, my baby crying too. And I was like, okay, we can cry together. <laughs> so, <laughs> so just her friendship alone was great to have somebody else there with me. And we went to this support group. So the, the ride there was horrible. I remember Avery screamed in the car seat the entire way there. And I was like, Lord, please just let me get to this place and I pulled up and we went inside and y'all it was like uh I don't it was such relief because I was sitting in a room with like 10 or 12 other moms everybody was a new mom and had their little babies with them and we it was it's, it's led by two women or who are postpartum counselors um so they specialize in working with women who are either struggling um, um after they have a baby or whatever and so they just kind of led this discussion amongst us. There's a specific topic and literally all the things that I was thinking and all the thoughts that I had that I was so guilty about and that I felt bad for, these women were saying it. Like, And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not the only one. And there was just lots of resources and lots of support amongst the moms. Um, we would share and some women would cry. And there was this one lady who was there. She was like, my baby's five months and I'm just starting to like him. Like, because it's been so difficult for me on this journey that I haven't even had a chance to bond and have a relationship with my son because I've just been focusing on the difficult time that I've had. So, um, and then there were women there who were pregnant, who were kind of like preparing themselves for it. But it was just a beautiful community of new moms who, and we shared not just the struggles, but also the joys of motherhood too, because the, there are those things. And then there were moms there who had babies that were like six months and they were like, I promise you the hard days are going to be over soon. This is a fun stage. And so it's just lots of hope and love and support and just this beautiful community that I so desperately needed. Um, because also even just being on maternity leave, I was, I'm a working mom. And so um I enjoy and I, I actually like love my job. I love teaching and love doing what I do. So there was a part of me also that was missing going into my job and working and doing something that I love to do. And so I just need that was a kind of lonely place for me. So I needed that community as well. Um, and so that helped me tremendously. I'm telling you, I was there every week. OK. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and I knew that I needed it. And then I also joined another like mom's group that I found out about. Um, and I just started to immerse myself in just um, communities. This It was just this new place of being on a new mama and um, finding new mama friends. Um, and so that's what really, really helped me overcome. And then also m reaching out spiritually, reaching out to God and really just praying um, and asking for comfort and healing emotionally uh, from Christ. And so, right. yeah, so that is something that really helped me. And I'm actually now, although I, I know for a fact that I'm over the hump of postpartum, I'm also very conscious still to this day. Um, like just making sure that I'm not getting into a place where I'm getting overwhelmed or too stressed or anything like that, that could put me back in this negative place, um, put me back in that negative place of feeling down and feeling low or getting depressed again. Um, since I recognize that that happened before, I don't want to like be prone to that. So I'm very conscious of how I feel. I make sure that like I get out of the house. Well, at least before quarantine, I did. <laughs> but I had some me time. There were many times where I just went to Target just to walk around, or I just went to the grocery store by myself, and just making that conscious effort to have my own time outside of constantly having a baby all the time on my hip. Um, and I'm reading this this great book right now. I think it's called Mom Strong. 
and it's a Christian book. Um, but I, in this season of life with quarantine and things of that nature, I'm recognizing where I need to be fed spiritually. And so when I recognize where I need to be fed spiritually, I seek out wisdom through books and the word, but also, but I'm a real, I, I love to read. And so I um, am reading a book even right now called Mom Strong. It just talks about the grace of God upon your life to be a mom. And it's really just edifying me in that area of my life because I recognize that I need to be fed in that area, especially in this new season of mothering in quarantine and working mom and being in the house. You know, it's all over social media. All moms are on the struggle bus right now because we home all day with the kids. (laughs) And while it's beautiful and we're building this time of family, it's also important to make sure that you're taking care of yourself as well. Um, right. So I am um, making sure that that part of me is being edified. So um, it's a good place. But now I feel like I'm in the space where I can really appreciate and love um, motherhood. Mm-hmm. Like I'm really loving this season of parenting Avery right now. She's at a really fun age and learning so much. So I feel like, gosh, thank gosh, I'm out of that like heavy fog of motherhood and now I'm in I'm I'm really able to truly appreciate you know the grace that God has put on us as women to be mamas so yeah all right it was a lot hope uh, you know, my bad what would you say to people who think that you as a Christian or a um pastor's wife yeah, that's that whole yeah. aspect too. I'm sorry, I was talking. What did you say? <laughs> Repeat the question. You know, those who say that since you have those roles, that there should be no reason for you to have dealt with postpartum depression. You know, it's it's a it's a lot like a whole lot of other stigmas in the church. Like they say you a Christian before you marry, so you shouldn't struggle with fornication. Uh, we human. Thank you. Before, even though I loved Jesus, I I struggled, okay, before I got married. But that's, I mean, as well as all the other stigmas that are a part of the church house uh, uh, in the body of Christ, I really wish we would be more transparent, which is the reason why I kind of created the breathing room is because I wanted a place um, where women could come and be transparent. And yes, we are all believers. And yes, we all love Jesus and we're doing our best. Um, as followers of Christ, but we still have these natural and human emotions um, that sometimes turn dark and can turn ugly. And so um, I'm glad, I'm so happy to see it's kind of like a movement that's happening now. And I keep referring back to social media because that's where a lot of us see things, especially in this time period that we're living in. But I'm loving seeing the movement now where people, women are being more transparent and being more open about the struggles that come with motherhood or just being a woman, period. Um, But yeah, I am definitely a pastor's wife. I am definitely a believer, but I also still struggle. And I think that that's important for me to speak out, especially as a pastor's wife, um, because people tend to put you on this pedestal and think that you don't struggle with anything at all, ever, and that our lives are perfect. And a lot of times we have the same struggles, if not deeper struggles. And then we also feel the guilt because we feel like, hey, maybe I shouldn't be struggling with this because of the societal pressure. Um, So I think that it's just really important to have a platform um, to speak on these things because there's so many women, y'all, that are struggling in silence. I, I'm telling you, I didn't even really believe in postpartum, and that sucks to say horrible me and ignorant me before I became a mom. But I, when people would say that they were struggling with postpartum, I was like, what the heck is that? Like, are they just depressed or something? And it was kind of just like whatever until I, uh, until I experienced it myself, like I said. But I just think that it's just so important to be transparent and allow these other women to be able to say, Hey, I'm just not the only one. It's, it's, it's me too. So me too movement. Yeah. Why do you think that there is so much, um, not, how can I say this Lord? There's not that much knowledge amongst women when it comes to postpartum depression. Like, why do you think that uh, we kind of shy away from it or discount it um, until after? Right. Okay. So I think that number one, it can be looked at as a sign of weakness and also as shame um, as a woman. Because think about it, like we were created to 
carry children and to be a mom. Like that's a very big role that we look at as women or else, you know, everybody doesn't have to be a mom. And I get it. Some women make the decision. That's not something that they want to do, which is completely fine. Not shunning that at all. But as women, we grow up and we see this picture of our parents and they, you know, they get married, you have babies. Like that's just the societal thing to do. Um, So I think that we have innately within us, we believe that that's something that's supposed to happen for us. And so we believe we're confident in being able to mother and being able to mother well. And when you struggle, I think we look at postpartum depression as a direct link of weakness in motherhood. And nobody wants to admit that they're they're not succeeding or they're weak in their ability to parent their child. And so I think if we change the narrative from there, then people will speak up more. Um, I know personally, that is one of the reasons why I really didn't want to say anything because I was going to be looked at as weak and it becomes this shameful place. Um, Also in the African-American community, I think that uh, we just don't deal with a whole lot of stuff head on in the black community. Yes, Lord. (laughs) Yes. We don't like to go to counseling. We don't like, we just don't, we we put a lot of stuff under the rug and we don't like, it is also looked at as a weakness in the African-American community, but just even more so. Um, And so I think we definitely don't talk about it um, as a black community and having black mothers around and just sharing and saying, hey, I'm having a hard time because we're looked at in the black community. It's about being independent, being a strong mama. You do what you got to do. You take care of your kids. And that's what we got to do, whether daddy's there or not. Like I'm a strong mama. I'm going to do what I got to do. And nobody's sitting. We're so focused on that and pushing that narrative that we forget to say, hey, how are you doing? How are you doing all right? Are you suffering? Like, do you need a break? All of, we, we, we forget about ourselves and we're, or our own mental state. And we're just so big on pushing the narrative. Like, I'm strong. I got it all together. I'm going to take care of my kids. I'm going to do what I, you know, we're real big on that in the black community. And nobody yeah. wants to admit, hey, I'm having a hard time and I need help. And I think that, I mean, it was an African proverb that said it takes a village, you know, and, um, yes. it's the truth. Yeah. It really does. You have to have a village. And I hate so many women today are parenting without that village. And it's difficult. I'm thankful for the village I have. I live near my mom and I have friends, you know what I'm saying, who are willing to help when I need it, but it takes making the initiative to say, hey, I need help. Um, and I think I ran into that moment. I, a girl, Y'all, I had a, a hard flu season, so I caught the flu twice this year, y'all. It was horrible. Yeah, I oh, had wow. flu A, and then two weeks later, I got flu B. So anywho, I was out and out of work and a coworker who is also a mom who actually is like my mom mentor. Not really, but she's just a really, really great colleague. And we have kids who are kind of the same age and um, her baby is a little bit older than me, but she was just really there for me when I came back to work and when all my parents mothering struggles. Um, And she reached out to me when I was at home sick with the flu. And she's like, Hey, do you want me to bring dinner by the house for you and your husband and Avery tonight? And typically, you know, a lot of people reach out and say stuff like that. And you'll say, no, I'm good. I'm okay." And that's just our response. Like, I'm straight. I got it. And that's exactly Mm -hmm. what I was about to text back to her. And then I was like, you know what? Like, no, I need help. Like, I can't cook for my family right now. I'm having a hard time. And I was like, actually, yes, thank you so much. But to put your pride down and be like, you know what? I need help right now. Like, please, could you do something for me when somebody offers? We don't often do that. And um. It just takes, you know, us dropping our pride and being humble enough to say, hey, I'm struggling a little bit right now. I need some help. Um, And so that was big for me because I would have never done that before. But I actually was like, actually, yes. Could you please drop dinner by? I'll be waiting. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, just leave it at the door. You don't have to have any contact with me. I'll come and get it. But thank you so much. But she understood because she was a mom. So it's kind of like her just reaching out and being saying, you know, I get it. I'm checking in on you because I get it. I know what it's like to be a mom and be overwhelmed. So let me help you out. Um, So, yeah. Um, what do you think um, the body of Christ can do to help and assist with those moms who are suffering from postpartum? Um, uh, number one, like I said, I think it's about creating um, the platform to start a narrative, but also in our own personal church. I um, ever since I wish I had done it before I had become a mom, but I didn't recognize the need. But I was like, we need like a mama's ministry. And so what we do sometimes is allow the moms to come and get together. And then there's some singles that are in the church or other people are in the church who are willing to watch the kids. 
Um, and just have some time where we can come together and just allow moms to fellowship and be spiritually fed. Because I believe that um, just like singles need to be spiritually fed and married couples need to be spiritually fed. There's also and men and women like let's speak to the whole person. So there's moms, mom. That's another identity yeah. of women are moms. And um, just like being a wife or anything else. And so I think it's important to speak to and feed that part of the of, of the woman. And so I think even just having a mom's ministry um, and not necessarily always without the kids, because it's great to do things with the kids and plan play dates and do things like that. But also, but just creating that community within the church. I think that that's really important to do. And then I think within that community, women would be more open speaking to other moms. Hey, I'm struggling. And then providing those resources. Um, there are a couple of um, resources that are faith-based that help women who are suffering from postpartum depression. But I think, first of all, it's good for the church, the body of Christ, to become educated on this and to really understand postpartum depression and the struggles of motherhood and then be able to, if they can't offer it themselves, at least have direct access where they can point someone in the direction of these resources for um, other women. Um, and just being there and being willing to um, help and checking in and things of that nature, I think it's just really important. But I think it first starts with education um, because a lot of people just don't understand, especially if you're not a mom yet or you're not a woman. Um, and so I think it starts with education and then being creating an avenue for community amongst moms within the body of Christ. I think that's really important. So I'm trying to start it on my own end at our own church. Um, but I think it would be great if that could somehow spread amongst the churches. So, right. yeah, I love that. I, I really do. Cause I think I, when I think of the women's ministry, it is kind of like a melting pot of just here's the women and all of you should get it. <laughs> and, and, there and yes. <laughs> Some women aren't moms yet. Some women don't even want to be moms. Right. You know, and so mm -hmm. being able to section it off and speak directly to that spiritual need um, mm -hmm. and categorizing it even more, even for the men with right. dads and everything. Yes. Dad oh, Lord, and we need that. <laughs> you know, just yeah. to educate um, men a little bit more. Uh, one of the things that I saw uh, today. Um, and this isn't about children, but Pastor LeBriant Friend is doing a whole um, seminar tomorrow on YouTube for men who are either husbands already or wanting to be husbands. I saw that. And, yes, um, I saw that. That's so important. I wish more churches would do that. I'm telling you, because I'm like, we, we yes. train women more so mm -hmm. to be wives. Mm -hmm. um, sure and then... And then you got women running around the church and want to be a wife idolatry. That's all they want. That's yes. all they can see. Everybody want to be a wife. Everybody. Everybody wants to be a wife. And then up under that, now I'm, you know, even speaking to this postpartum depression, now I'm a wife, which means I have kids, but I don't want to say anything because I prayed for this. Like you said earlier, mm -hmm. I prayed for this. So now I feel ashamed that I have any of these issues and then you have mm -hmm. the men over here that don't know how to be husbands they're not even taught really what to do to be a husband just you got to have money to provide and pay the bills and stuff. But right. they don't teach anything else and so i think right. we're coming into a time where the churches that are quite frankly going to be rising up are going to be more transparent and are going to have to speak to the actual needs of the people uh, Mm -hmm. And what they need, because that is where the spiritual battles are really going on is in those specific needs. OK, I've decided to make Christ my follower, but how do I apply it to myself when I'm going through postpartum depression or I just got a new wife and I really don't know how to be a husband? How do I apply it to that situation? Because that's where the end is mm -hmm. going to beat me up the most. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I think it's so important. I think up until recently, like we've just been allowing dysfunctional families to operate without recognizing um, that the whole, like I said, the whole person needs to be fed. So we want to have right. a conference for this and a conference for that. But what about having a conference so that we can make sure that our families are whole, mm. you know, um, and that the foundation is set for that. So I think that is important. And that the more that people begin to recognize that, like you said, the more that we will see these modern day churches that are popping up, starting to have these ministries and these conferences. And like LeBron Friend is doing these YouTube uh, 
what is it sessions yes. and things of that nature so mm-hmm. yes so any men listening if you're on i'm pretty sure he'll have it up go look for that <laughs> for pastor LeBron. i think tonight though. Yes, i think it, it starts start tonight um but yes by that time be it should be just up you on know. youtube and i'll encourage anybody who wants to be a mom married have any type of family also go look at bishop td jakes um and sarita jakes model homes series Mm, I haven't heard of that, Crystal. Yes, it was so good. And that is coming from a couple. Not only are they in the church, but well known in the Christian community. And they talk about their own struggles. And you're talking about, I think, 50 years of marriage. Wow. So getting their perspective um, on some of the things that you're going to battle. You're just going Mm -hmm. um, and, and learning how to raise a family in that. So. That's that's my thoughts. That's good. I'm gonna have to go check that out. <laughs> All right, so um I think this may yeah. be our last question. Um, unless Crystal has one more. So you are a mom and you are a working mom and you are mm-hmm. part of a ministry mm-hmm. and you are married. Where is the balance? Uh yeah, anybody who knows? <laughs> Let me <laughs> What I'm trying to say is, you know, I always, I used to feel intimidated by that question because that's a big question a lot of people ask. And then I didn't feel intimidated anymore because then I started asking other moms and people who I respected and knew and they didn't have the answer either. So I was like, oh, great. Okay. This is great. And really, let me tell you, let me tell you to be honest. And a lot of people might not want to hear it like this. So I have to I I am a mom and I am a wife and I teach and I have uh, uh, we have a ministry. I have a ministry with my husband. So I'm a pastor's wife. And then just me, Jatim, because I think people leave that part out. We create our identity in the things right. that we do and the roles that we play. But there's just me, Jatim, and the person that I want to be and me, the fact that I want to have fun and I want to just have me time sometimes and do my own thing. Um, So all of that, like, that's a lot, right? So finding the balance is really tough. And I think that there's never a point where I can say that it's 100% balanced. And people don't want to hear that. I know. it's, But I think that that's just real life. Now, there are seasons in my life where, for instance, Avery is really small right now. So a lot of my time goes into mothering and parenting because right now she's really dependent on me. But five years from now, like that balance shift is going to switch out because she's not going to be so dependent on me. And so like there's parts of me that will be able to go to the other areas. You know what I'm saying? I think that my marriage and my relationship with Christ, those are two big priorities. So I make sure that I'm able to give there. And I feel like my relationship with Christ, I can't give anything unless I'm full in that area and everything else comes from that, you know? Um, so I have to make sure that I'm full right. and, and I'm in this, I'm, I'm in a, a good place spiritually so that I can pour. I can't like pour from an empty vessel. So I have to be filled up through Christ so I can pour into all of these areas. But if we want to use that analogy of pouring in the cup, there's, like I said, like right now, there's a little bit more water that's going into the motherhood cup right now than is going into the Jatim cup or the teaching (laughs) cup. You know what I'm saying? And so I feel like it's never balanced where every cup is going to get 20% at the same time. Like it just depends on which season of life I'm in, you know? Um, and that's I've come to peace with that because for so long I was like, golly, I remember talking to a friend and saying, golly, how do I give like 100 percent in every single area? I have no idea. I would faint. I would be so exhausted trying to make sure that everybody is good all the time. And I'm giving 100 percent in every area. And other people were just like, I know I feel the same way. And I just and I had to come to the peace with and, and there's different seasons and so more is going to go in some areas sometimes and will come in other areas, but it'll balance itself out over time. As long as I know that I'm giving my best that I can without exhausting myself and making sure that I'm getting pulled filled from the father. And he gives me the grace that I need to extend to every area of my life. Um, mm. So I've come to peace with that. And that's my truth. Yeah. Yes, I love that. Good. I love that answer. <laughs> so authentic and honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, last question that I have is: Tell us more about the breathing room. Uh, when is it coming back? I've been waiting. Oh, girl. <laughs> yes. So the breathing room um, was something that was de- totally God inspired, and 
I felt like there just needed to be a platform of women who could come and speak their truth. And so many times, I think as women, because, uh, okay, I get a little spiritual for a moment. I believe that women, we are have the ability to carry so many different things. And I believe that God created us that way, both spiritually and naturally. He gave us a womb. A womb is used to carry. And so I believe that we... Um, as women just have this ability to carry and wear different hats and things of that nature. But so many times because of that, it can sometimes feel overwhelming. And a lot of women you hear me like, man, I just need some room to breathe. Like I just need a space where I can like, just relax, like let it all out, just breathe for a moment. And so in hence came the, the term and the name of the ministry, the breathing room, but really it's just a platform where women can come together and just share our truth. So oftentimes, and like I said earlier in the conversation in the body of Christ, there are so many different things that are stigmatized that we don't get into. We don't talk about um, based off of shame or guilt or whatever, or just because it's just a taboo topic in the church, i.e. postpartum depression. Um, So I just wanted to create something where women could come and say, hey, you know, I love Jesus. I'm a believer, but I'm also having a hard time here kick back let's relax let's talk amongst one another and let's be women and just share our truth together so it started it started just with that vision and it all kind of came together and I got some girls who really um, are my good friends but also share the same vision and really wanted to be a part of something like that and so we started a series online where we came every other week and we just had different topics and we came together and talked And it was really good. But if I can be honest, during that time when that was happening, it was a lot of things that were happening in my life. So my marriage was going through a strenuous time. At that time, I was still on the struggle bus a little bit with motherhood. And I think that I was really just coming off of the wave of postpartum depression. And so Mm -hmm. um, I kind of abruptly just stopped and wasn't the best decision, um, but it was just it came from this this low place that I was living in at the time that nobody else would have ever known. <laughs> um, but I, it was just a really difficult time for me. So because of that, I got really down and I just quit for a moment. Um, that moment has continued for now because now I really feel like I want to be prepared when I come back. So I'm in the process of just creating content so that when I come back, it will be consistent and we don't have any more of those issues. Um, but I'm coming back stronger and excited and I'm really having, you know, God is really doing some awesome things. So I'm really excited about it. Um, And I have, I'm launching, I'm going to ultimately be launching my own personal brand um, called Just Jatim, which the breathing going to be up up under Just Jatim. But um, I came up with the name actually Just Jatim because (laughs) it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier. So many people define you you in the different roles that you play. And people always ask me that, especially as a pastor's wife. Like, golly, girl, you a teacher and a mama and a wife and all these other kind of things. And I'm just like, I just want to be Just Jatim, like just me. Um, Don't define me by the roles that you see me in. I just want to be me. And also the fact that I don't like when people call me first lady. So... (laughs) When people come to the church and they be like, yes, yeah, Lady McKinney part. or Lady McKinney, I always say, just your Tim is fine. Like, that's literally <laughs> what I say is just your Tim is fine because I don't need a title. Like, I just love Jesus. I don't need all that churchy stuff. So, um, uh, so that's where just your Tim came from. And so that's going to be a personal brand I'll be launching soon. Like I said, the breathing room will be up under that. And I'm working on writing a devotional book right now. Come on for, now. for new moms, actually, a devotional for new moms. Um, so I'm excited about that and some other stuff I got coming. I also am about to do like because we're in quarantine, I was trying to do a book club, um, but it's going to have to be a quarantine book club. We're going to meet <laughs> <laughs> online. All right. Only. So, uh, yeah, working on some things over here. So Breathing Room will be back very, very soon. I'll be launching really soon. So I'm excited about it. I'm actually working with somebody, getting everything together, getting the website together, a blog together, all that good stuff. So um, yeah, quarantine's actually been good because it's given me some extra time to get some stuff done as well. So that's good. Wonderful. I'm excited good. and can't wait. Yes, thank you for being well, supporters. I appreciate y'all. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, Tanisha, did you have any other questions? 
So then, no, guys, ma'am. this is the section of our podcast where we give our final thoughts, and it's called... Message. Pick it up. Message. <laughs> so, final thoughts. Jatim, any <laughs> final thoughts that you have that you want to give to our listeners? Oh, man. Put me on the spot right there. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, first, I just don't... I hope it didn't come off the way that I painted this horrible... Um, rainy picture on motherhood because it's really beautiful. And so I don't want um, women to be discouraged about motherhood. I want them to fully embrace it and know that God has given us the grace to accomplish this beautiful task that he's given us in the earth. Um, As he's, you know, I always say like, thank you, Lord, for gifting me Avery because she doesn't belong to me. She belongs to Jesus, to Christ. Um, He's gifted me and given me the responsibility of raising her up in this kingdom here on earth. Um, But it's so beautiful. And so I don't want that to get lost in the translation of me also sharing the difficulties and the hard parts of motherhood. I don't want it to get lost the beautiful picture that God God created of what motherhood is supposed to be. Um, At the same time, I also want moms to be prepared, but I also want to create community. It's such a passion of mine to be there for new moms. So if anybody is a new mama, then reach out, DM me, reach out to me on social media, because it's really, really important to me um, that I provide the support that was not necessarily there for me initially. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's just become a big passion of mine. Um, So yeah, that's all. That's my message. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, T? Um, Just hearing you share your story, um, I am doubly realizing Mm -hmm. transparency is important and it has nothing to do with um, necessarily um, letting all of your business out, you know, how we are in the black community. Um, It's more about making Mm -hmm. sure people understand that they're not alone, that other people share your same thoughts um, and ideas and experiences. Um, And I believe that it puts a halt to the enemy's plan to try to isolate you make you think no one understands you, no one gets you, you by yourself, um, because we all know that's a lie. So in transparency yeah. is just highly important. Um, for myself, I would say likewise. Um, and I think you did a beautiful job of really explaining um, the realities of what could possibly, one one outcome definitely that is highly possible and how the enemy can um, manipulate that. Mm-hmm. Um, And so even though motherhood is joyous, what I am loving about this day and time that we we are in is the level of transparency that is coming out. Mm -hmm. Um, And we talked about it earlier about um, how, especially in our community, the African-American community, we tend to sweep a lot of things under the rug, Mm -hmm. Um, not just with motherhood, but with all kinds of aspects of our lives. And I think now we are coming in a day and time where we are getting away from that. Um, And people are really starting to think about not only their spiritual health, but their mental Mm -hmm. health and how they definitely correlated. Um, And so topics like this is definitely needed um, more because like, he said the enemy will try his best to isolate mm-hmm. you uh, and then drive you into a deeper spirit of depression um, and really just hone on mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we as a body of believers aren't there for you um, to really push you and encourage you and not just say, well, the word says this. Yes, the word says that, but I also need literal help. right. Um and stuff. Stop pushing me just to scripture. How can you physically help mm-hmm. me and be the word mm-hmm. instead of telling me the word? Right. Um. So I I love this conversation and and I think this is definitely needed. Yeah, I agree. Um. So guys, uh, Jatim, where can they find you? I know you said you know for new mom. Where can they find you? Um. Look for you. Yeah. Talk to you, all. Of so on Facebook, I'm Jatim McKinney. Um, a lot of people are not on Facebook like that. I always say Facebook is for the church folks and the old folks. That's what they say. <laughs> I guess I'm old. <laughs> uh, a lot of people are on IG much more than Facebook. So on IG, I'm love me, L-U-V-M-E underscore Jatim. And my name is kind of hard to spell. 
It's J-E-T-A-I-M-E. So love me underscore Jatim. As I'm talking to y'all, I hear my kids screaming upstairs the most. <laughs> hey, Avery. I don't know what is going on up there, but I just hear her walking and screaming. Anywho, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, on IG I'm love me underscore Jatim, and also on the on IG and Facebook you can follow the Breathing Room. We're not up um, and running yet, but the page is still there. Definitely um, follow us. You can see some past episodes on there as well. Um, I may have a IG name update coming, but for now you can find it. love me underscore Jatim. But um, yeah, so follow me, reach out. I'd be so happy to connect with you. Awesome, awesome. T, where can they find you? It's the same place. Tanisha Williams on Facebook and Styles by Tanisha J. And ditto, guys. As always, you can find me on Facebook and IG at Charmaine Kierce. Um, And, of course, She Labs has a website now, so you can look for us at ShePodcast.com. Uh, drop us a line let us know what other uh, topics you would like us to discuss um, and we just love to hear from you and in this time of quarantine we're definitely praying for you um, and so if there's any prayer requests that you might have you can drop those in our DMs as well until next time guys be blessed we love you see you guys thanks again for listening we hope that you were blessed by today's discussion. To keep up with the latest on the She Lands podcast, be sure to subscribe on most major streaming platforms. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. If you feel led to donate, please send donations to paypal.me forward slash she laughs. And don't forget to send us your questions as well. We'd love to hear from you. As always, stay blessed.